following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. Oh, good morning. Hmm. Well, if you were with us last week, uh, we began working on the first few verses of chapter 2 of 1 Timothy, and today we're going to pick up where we left off, 1 Timothy 2, uh, verses 1 through 7, and that's page 991 in the Pew Bibles, if that's helpful to you. Um, hmm. I admit that um, this hasn't exactly been the easiest week uh, to prepare uh, after losing our dear friend Dan. Um, but uh, I wish you all could have met him. He was the prickliest cream puff you could ever meet. <laughs> Came across a very gruff and, but had such a soft heart and really loved the Lord and loved people and was a servant. I have a lot of stories that are inappropriate for me to share with you at this time of our, of our time spent together. But he was a mentor and a friend. Um, I've known him most of my life. Um, and he would, uh, he would be ripped if I took a week off just because I couldn't handle it. Um, I'd never hear the end of it. Uh, Dan was always good for a good theological uh, discussion, too, the deep things. Um, but, uh, like me, um, he knew that most deep theological conundrums could be solved with the KISS method. Keep it simple, stupid. And that's exactly where we find ourselves in our text of First Timothy chapter 2. Um, one through seven this morning, we are faced with a potential theological train wreck uh, that can be easily addressed if we keep it simple. Um, so we're going to look at that text together, and then we'll pray. First Timothy chapter one, uh, chapter two, verse one. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may live a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and is it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I'm telling the truth, I'm not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Let's pray. Father, as we come to your word this morning, we pray for... uh, wisdom to see the message that you have for us, knowing that these words are your words and we add nothing to them and take nothing away. Please protect us, Lord, from error, but guide us by the power of your Holy Spirit. 
will love you and thank you and give you this time for your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name, amen. Hmm. Well, last week we talked about prayer and how we should pray and who and what we should pray for. And this week, as easy as it might be to follow some theological rabbit trails, uh, we're going to focus on why we should pray and those for whom we should be praying. Simple, right? Hmm. We'll see. First of all, then, I urge that supplications and prayers, intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Okay. Who, then, are we to pray for? Oh, yeah, everybody. All is... All is just a specific group of people, right? I mean, all the people that will like and agree with us. Let's pray for them. Hmm. No, 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 no. No. (laughs) Well, the good news is all is a fairly simple word, both in English and Greek, and it means all. So... That means we pray for all, without distinction. We pray, uh, who we pray for is not to be determined by race or creed or color or distinctions, any kind of distinctions, politics, even politics. We pray for everyone. We are to pray for all, including those who are in positions of leadership and responsibility over us. We talked about this last week, praying for those, uh, Kings and those in high places in the government. And the benefit of those people coming to know the Lord Jesus is peace and quiet and safety for the church. Sound like a pretty good benefit. Not that we want to be selfish about it. But if you want to make my life a little more easy, then go ahead and pray for that. Well, what may have slipped by my attention at least last week is specifically what to pray for. You say pray for all. That's nice. I pray for you. Well, what does that mean exactly? Um, generally speaking, now you can uh, you can disagree with me if you want, but I'm up front and you're not. Um, we most often pray for our difficulties to end, don't we? Right? For pain to subside, to, for trials to cease. Isn't that what we pray for? Most often, I think. Even when we pray for others, we often pray for this. Uh, pray this way, don't we? Not just for ourselves. Of course, we want our own trials to end and pain to cease, but we pray that way for others as well. But as we look at this text in its entirety, I don't think that that is what Paul had in mind at all. When he says, first of all then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Hmm. Well, there's that word in there again. God desires that all people be saved 
and come to the knowledge of the truth. This obviously is a different Greek word. No, it isn't. It's the same word. The word for all in verse 4 is the same for word for all in verse 1. All means all. Hmm. This is not just a show. There's no pretense in this idea. All means all. In speaking about the return of Jesus Christ, in Second Peter uh, chapter 3, verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. All should reach repentance. When Christ comes back, it will be too late for those who have rejected him to turn back and be forgiven. His patience means salvation. So every day that the Father waits to send Jesus back means salvation for thousands of people. Thousands of people come to know the Lord Jesus every day. I think often when things are hard and life is troubling, we want Jesus to come back so that our trials will cease and our pain will stop. But how selfish is that? Lord Jesus, come back today. Oh, all right. Well, you know, all those people are going to get saved tomorrow. Ah, No biggie. How selfish is that? Hmm. The Lord's patience, His kindness means repentance. His patience means salvation. And though He is patient, He is not inactive in saving people. He is mighty to save and is working for the good of all. Jesus said in John chapter 6, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. If it's God's will that all should be saved, does that mean that all will be saved? No. And that's an unfortunate reality. The scholar J.P. Lang wrote, The will of God here spoken of is not absolute, but conditional, meaning that God wills that all men be saved by means of faith. But as faith on the one side is a gift of grace, so on the other it is a duty whose neglect deserves punishment, and unbelief is a guilt that must have its reckoning. We cannot forget that though God wills all to be saved, we are still responsible to have faith in Christ. We are still responsible to accept the truth. Hmm. This is where the theological waters could get a little deeper. Um, But one of the wonderful truths is that we don't need to figure this out. This is the Lord's department. 
What is our responsibility? To figure out what's the difference between God wills all those to be saved, but only those who uh, have received the gift of grace from the Holy Spirit can be saved. How do we reconcile that? We don't. Quite honestly, it's none of our business. What our responsibility is to pray for all people that they would be saved. When we pray for all people, what is it that we should be praying for? Just make life easy for them. Lord, uh, President, I hope his life is easy. <laughs> right? No. That's not it. Should we, end, we, should we pray for the end of trouble and trial? Or the preservation of wealth and happiness? Because that, doesn't that get people saved? No. We need to pray for salvation for all people. We need to pray that people come to know Jesus as Lord, confess their sin and turn from it, and turn to Christ in faith and follow Him. We must be praying for salvation for kings and all those are in high positions and all those in low positions and all those middle in the middle. Everyone. Praying that all would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Why do we do that? Because it is good and it's pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. That's what it says in verse 3. He desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And that's what he wants us to pray for. The knowledge of the truth is the only divine means for the eternal redemption of the sinner. The only way to receive God's blessing is through Jesus Christ. He says in verse 5, For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is a testimony given at the proper time. This is an unpopular topic. Because nobody wants anyone else to be excluded. And there are many different nations and cultures and tribes and people in the world, but there is only one God. The God who made them all, who made us all. And there are not many paths to lead to Him. There are many paths that lead people to Christ, but Jesus Christ is the only path to God. He alone is the mediator. He alone is the ransom. The God of the Muslims, the God of the Hindus, the, the, it's not the same God. That's what the Bible says right here in this text. Jesus Christ alone is the only path to God. He alone is the mediator. He alone is the ransom. But what about these two words? Mediator and ransom. Warren Wiersbe wrote, The word ransom means a price paid to free a slave. His death was on behalf of all. Though the death of Christ is efficient only for those who trust him, it is sufficient for the sins of the whole world. Jesus said that he came to give his life as a ransom for many. His death was sufficient for the sins of all, but is only efficient for those who trust in him. And the word mediator, Matthew Henry wrote about, he says a mediator supposes a controversy. Sin had made a quarrel between us and God. 
Jesus Christ is a mediator who undertakes to make peace, to bring God and man together in the nature of an umpire or arbitrator. It's a man who lays hand on us both. Jesus is the only one that is qualified to stand between a sinful mankind on one side and a holy God on the other and bridge the gap because he is both. Now, I want you to hear me now. Jesus is the only mediator between God and man. Only. What that means is there are not saints, nor Mary, nor pastors, nor priests. They are not the mediator. Only Jesus is. He alone intercedes for us before God's throne. He is the only one. And he alone is the perfect ransom. He alone could satisfy God's perfect justice as fully God and fully man. Do you count it a privilege to know him? This kind of God? John Calvin wrote, I know I'm quoting a lot of other guys here, but John Calvin wrote um, about Hebrews 4.15 where he says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And indeed, if this were deeply impressed on the hearts of all, that the Son of God holds out to us the hand of a brother, and that we are united to him by the fellowship of our nature, in order that out of our low condition he may raise us to heaven. Who would not choose to keep by this straight road instead of wandering in uncertain and stormy paths? Accordingly, whenever we ought to pray to God, if we call to remembrance that exalted and inapproachable majesty, that we may not be driven back by the dread of it, let us at the same time remember the man Christ who gently invites us and takes us, as it were, by the hand in order that the Father, who had been the object of terror and alarm, may be reconciled by him and rendered friendly to us. This is the only key to open for us the gate of the heavenly kingdom, that we may appear in the presence of God with confidence. What a wonderful truth, that God humbled himself in the person of Jesus Christ to reach out to people like us, to men like me, people of low position, And in his complete human nature, he can identify with us in our weakness. He knows the temptations and the trials that we face because he was tempted, he was tried in every way. And that's what makes him the perfect mediator between God and man. Because he knows exactly where we are. And at the same time, though he was tempted and tried in every way, he did not sin. Because though he is fully man, he is also fully God. And he is completely holy and without sin. And the truth is, it's a curse to reject him. God wants all to be saved, but the sad reality is that we are not all willing to be saved in God's way. God has provided the way for people to be saved through faith in Jesus Christ. He has been patient and put off the day of Christ so that people all over the world can have a chance to come to faith in him. He has shown his grace and love by giving his own son as the perfect sacrifice for sin 
And yet still, day after day, moment after moment, people choose to reject him. This is a sad fact, but they will be cursed by their own choice and punished because of their own unbelief. It is a privilege to know Jesus. It is a, is, it is a curse to reject Jesus, and it is a divine duty after we have found Jesus to tell all about him as well. John Chrysostom wrote, Imitate God. Since he wishes that all should be saved, so you also wish it. And if you wish it, pray for it. For prayer is the instrument of affecting such things. You ever think about it that way? God wants everyone to be saved. Do you want everyone to be saved? It's easy to say, yeah, now. Sure. <laughs> We're in church. <laughs> we have to say stuff like that, right, Pastor? <laughs> say it after lunch today. Say it tomorrow morning when you wake up, when you go to work with all those other jerks. Right? This is when the reality hits. Do you want everyone to be saved? God does. Imitate Him. Pray for them. Because prayer is how those things are affected. And that's really the point of the whole thing. Imitate God. Since He wishes that all should be saved, so we should wish it. And if you wish it, pray for it. For prayer is the instrument of such things. And sometimes we get the privilege of being the answer to that prayer ourselves. What a wonderful privilege that is. We get to answer our own prayers by telling people about the love of Jesus with our own mouth, not just in our good behavior. You hear me? It's not just how we act. It's also what we say. Jesus used words to explain how people should be saved. So should we. We can't just think, well, as long as I'm nice, people will see Jesus in me. And I never have to say anything to anyone. <laughs> Jesus said, if you don't praise me, the rocks and trees will cry out. I don't want to be replaced by a rock or a tree. It's our privilege to share the love of Jesus through our words. First of all, then, I urge that supplications and prayers and intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we might live a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I'm telling the truth. I'm not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Amen? Amen. So let's pray for all people, that all people would have the privilege of knowing the Lord Jesus and be saved. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful for your love for us. We're so thankful for the simple truth. When you tell us to pray for the salvation of all people, that's exactly what you mean. And we can take it at face value and put it to work immediately. We can pray even now for those that we know and those that we love and those we don't like at all. 
that they too might be saved. Hmm. And we thank you that uh, not only are people saved, but our lives are more peaceful as a result. Lord, we do pray for those in government that are responsible for uh, creating laws and regulating laws and looking after the people. We pray that they would know you as Savior and Lord so that their paradigm would shift. Mm. That they too would know salvation mm, and your spirit would be at work in their hearts. Lord, we're so grateful for your love for us. We know that you love everyone and want them to be saved. I pray that people would stop rejecting the truth, but come to faith in Jesus Christ. And we ask in your name, your precious and holy name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.